All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. We're talking week five this week in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. going to do my best tonight. Um, got the podcast on the iPad, got the Cardinals game on the iPhone, got the Rams game on the Xbox. It's really struggling um, so I'm going to need help from my two guests tonight. First, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go Home. That's a uh, far of division leader, Shane Stein, to you, Matt. Okay. But it's good to be here. Thanks thanks for having me. You still lost to Butler. I still did. Um, I did. <laughs> just imagine you could be 4-0, hands are on the neck of the division, and instead you got the Desert Dogs game behind you, and I know that terrifies <laughs> you. It does. Um, joining us tonight, Shane, is the Desert Dog little brother, the Seawolves. <laughs> How you doing, Phil? That's a, that's a new nickname. I like that. I'll, I'll go with it. Soon to be Mr. Big Stacks, if uh, the season continues. <laughs> Maybe able to wear that nickname a little bit longer, which is, which, which is great. But no, it's it's awesome to be here. Thanks for the invite. It's it's great to be here on a Thursday night where the Rams are playing and Todd Gurley is running wild in the first quarter here. 3.8 so far and, God, on pace for almost 20. That That's not even a touchdown yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Sweet, man. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were actually banned from mentioning him on the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to KBB, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Big event, big event. We have another one coming up later this month. Nice. Yep. The Bruce family is busy. Yeah. All right, Shane, you got some trivia for us. I do. Little Took a little different route this week, so usually our trivia questions are more player-related, but given – what could happen this week? I went a little, little different, different way here. So, Big Red Andy Reid is set to win his 200th football game this Sunday night if the Chiefs can beat the Colts. So he started coaching in as a head coach in 1999, has won 199 games. Pretty impressive. There are only three franchises since 1999 that have more wins than Big Red. But since we like to do Stump the Schwab here, I added a little to the list. I'm looking for the nine franchises that have won at least 175 games since Andy Reid took over as a head coach in 1999. I'll go with the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) The Patriots have won 237 games since Andy Reid took over. They're number one. They are one of the franchises with more wins than Big Red. All right, so we got nine over 175 since 99. Um, if I may guess next, I'm going to say they char- the Chargers. The Chargers have 167 wins Come on. since 1999. <laughs> they are tied for 11th. I feel like uh, Let's go with the Eagles. The Eagles are number five. They have 188 wins. Most of that were credited to Big Red. Um, man, that's brutal. How about the Colts? The Colts are number two. They are one that has more. They have 205 wins. So only six more than Big Red. Steelers. 
Steelers are number three. They're the other team. They have 204 wins. All right. Uh, this work is starting to get hard, I guess. Um, Saints? The Saints are number nine. They're the last team. They have 176 wins. Some bad years there in the early 2000s, but they've been real solid since Breeze took over. Mm. I'm going to go with the Ravens. The Ravens are number six, 186 wins. Um, well, I guess I would have to then put the Broncos in that list. The Broncos are number eight. They have 179 wins. This has been a lot of AFC. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Ooh, Tyler Lockett touchdown. You hate to see that, Shane. Yeah, it's not a good start for me. All right, one receiving. Just needs one return, and that back cashes. <laughs> um, it has to be NFC, right? I don't... Um... I got one then when you're ready. If you have one, go for it. Packers. Packers are number four. Yeah. They have yeah. 194 wins. That was a good one. Who's the last team? <clears throat> I think I know who it is. Uh, maybe not. I think it's an I think it's an NFC team. Is that is that right, Shane? Um, do you want me to tell you guys? Yeah, yeah. Tell us the division. <laughs> no, not the division. No, no. I mean the the conference. It is an NFC team. All right. Let me think. You get five seconds before I guess five, four, three, uh... two, one. Uh, Gi- Giants? I don't know. It is not the Giants. The Giants have 163 wins. I think it is one of the teams playing this evening, the Seattle Seahawks. It is the Seattle Seahawks. 183 wins. Yeah. You guys did a pretty good job with that. Nailed pretty yeah. much all of them. Um, pretty easy. As a little bonus question here, <laughs> let's go with the bottom five teams in that same era in the past 20 years. Ooh. Uh, it has to be the Lions. Lions are the second worst with 116. Uh, the Browns? The Browns have 97 wins since 1999. <laughs> they have 102 less wins than Andy Reid in the last 20 years. Before Freddie Kitchens, though. That's awesome. They're the only team without 100 wins <laughs> since 99. That's awesome. God, I feel like the Redskins have been terrible for a long time. RG name, man. The Redskins are not it. They would be, I guess, 25th on the list. All right. I'll go with uh, 26th. Oakland, 
Raiders. The Oakland Raiders are team number 29, 124 wins. Let's go with the Houston Texans. Correct. The Houston Texans are the 30th team, the 122 wins. They didn't play in 99. Oh, yeah. That's started... 2003, right? No, they started in 2000, I believe. Oh. That's surprising, though. I think that I think that's surprising. Um, last, my last guess. It's got to be an AFC East team, right? Um, the Dolphins. It is not the Dolphins. Dolphins are in the middle of the pack. They have 151 wins. Well, then it's only can only be one other team. So, well, I mean, the Bills made the playoffs a few times. Um, so did the Texans. It's the Bills. It has to be. I only all right. Is it is it the Bills? It's not the Bills. The Bills are twenty. 20- 24th. Yeah, that's not bad. They have 140 um, wins. It, it might be the Rams. It's it's not the Rams. They have 151 as well. All right. Is this just like a rapid fire or what? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Give us the answer, Shane. It's the, the 49ers. 132. Oh, oh that's, a, that's a good one. Been pretty awful. Other than the Harbaugh years, they were, they've been pretty terrible. Sorry, I must have thought the Rams were there just from watching Jared Goff play quarterback for the last two minutes. <laughs> um, all right, so waivers this week. Let's talk about what happened in waivers. Um, so runs Wednesday. We had Winston, James Winston, get picked up by the Bowl Weevils for eight dollars, but the big one of the week was Jordan Howard for forty-two to the Bowl Weevils. So the Bull Wheels go out and spend $50 on Jameis Winston and Jordan Howard. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'm not sold. Not sold on the Jordan Howard hype train. Um, I guess that's because I'm the Miles Sanders owner. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that game last week was more of a kind of a fluke happening than it's going to be sustainable. Um, I still see that being yeah, it's 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 a split backfield for the time being, and you're certainly not counting on Howard putting up that kind of touchdown production. I don't think, um, I don't think he's anything more than more than a flex play at this point. But I guess the Bull Wheels needed some players, so they went out and got the best available on the wire. Yeah, I mean, if I was you guys and everybody listening to this, I think I would put him into a FanDuel lineup, Jordan Howard, that is, just because of what happened last week to me with another waiver wire pickup right before we played. But I, I don't I don't know what to make make of the, the Eagles' backfield. I don't know who it's going to be. I I like it. I like getting a piece of it. The, the, the price is probably a little too high, but it's what you had to pay for him. Um, who knows who's going to win in, in that backfield or if they're going to continue doing a committee. I, I think the long-term play has to be Sanders, but for the short-term, Howard's definitely flex-worthy. Jameis, you're streaming quarterbacks. You, Stafford's on a bye. You got, you got to have somebody to fill in. He looked awesome last week, and I, I, don't, I don't know if I love the, the matchup, but, hey, it's probably better than a lot of the options that were out there. Yeah, I guess I was a little confused with the Winston. I mean, the Saints just completely shut down the Cowboys. 
I think it was the 55 they just put up. Yeah. That might have played into it. I just – I'm not sure that – I mean, I guess if I'm streaming quarterbacks, I don't – I just don't know that I want to pay up. Not that eight bucks is terribly high, but, I mean, I think I'd rather save my money for somewhere else. Yeah, he's also he's uh, also he's also one in three, right? So he wants to make sure he's getting the guys that he that he has to. Correct. Right. That's there's good. no re- there's no reason to get short with money when you absolutely need to win this week. True. Jordan Howard is a great matchup this week against the Jets too. I just wanted to yeah to mention that, so. that too. Um, I I don't even know. I didn't check what were the other bids on Howard. So let's check that out. I know I had a twenty dollar bid on Howard. Um, my dad had a thirty-four. Ice cream had a thirty, and then me and the Fleetwood franchise at twenty and nineteen each. So, man, I love um, Papa Cos, but how sour did that have to taste when he was typing in that thirty-four bid? Oh, he doesn't even care. <laughs> like, he doesn't. Even, it, 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 there's no like. He's one guy that does isn't afraid to just eat crow and stuff. Like he just. He, He's just playing a weekly game. That's all. That's true. That is him. <laughs> um, Duke Johnson gets added for $14 for the Fleetwood franchise. I, I like that pickup. I know he hasn't been spectacular, but there's no way they're going to just sit with Carlos Hyde all year. So I, I, liked the, uh, I liked the Duke Johnson pickup by a Fleetwood franchise. He's got to be better than Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I, I see some... I don't want to say upside as far as I don't I don't know that Duke Johnson's ever going to be more than just like a flex play, but uh, I feel like there's definitely some production value there. Um, I'm not confident that Carlos Hyde's going to be able to carry a huge workload every weekend, week out. So there's definitely going to be ten touches there for for Johnson. I think like on a week to week basis. So uh, am I crazy, or I thought on Sunday before the game that Duke Johnson was available on waivers and went unclaimed. Because I, I, I was looking at it there Sunday morning, and I'm like, if I didn't just pick up Cohen, I would 100% try and get Duke. Did you guys notice that too, or was that, was that wrong and he still had to clear again or something? I did not notice. I'm not sure what you mean, that he had to clear again. Like, I didn't, I didn't know if he had just been dropped and needed a certain amount of time before – he, he could be processed for claims again. No, he was available to be picked up. So. He was. He was. Yeah, and I thought, I thought that was weird because I think he has a lot of upside, especially yeah. if, you, if you have a roster spot on your team. I would I, – I, I like picking him up and just seeing, seeing what comes of it. I don't – Hyde's not going to be the back every single week. So, even if it's just a handcuff until he takes on more of a bigger role, the Texans are going to have better days ahead for that offense than what they've shown so far. I, I, I like to move on. Then we had three tight ends added this week as well. Seems like a lot of teams are struggling with the tight end puzzle, Shane. Um, <laughs> Noah, Noah Fant gets added by for $5. Dawson Knox for $2. And I like this one by Abusement Park. Chris Herndon for $1. So saw three guys go out there and pick up some tight ends uh, with, like, Hawkinson injury and Vance McDonald being hurt and – I don't know about the park, what their tight end situation was, but uh, saw some tight end activity. Yeah, I think the Herndon one might be the most interesting for me. Um, I think 
the Dawson Knox one still might be a little early for him. Um, I, I don't know. I think there's some upside there, but I think it's a little early. And the Noah Fant one, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not really in on that. No. No, I'm this is the point where it's just all dart throws and you hope you can get guys that are going to stick around for a few weeks, but they're, they're moving forward. They're probably all going to be touchdown dependent. And if you don't have one of the top four guys, that's just how it's going to be. And then we had a couple waiver moves today. I thought it was interesting. Abuseman dropped Daniel Jones to pick up Phil Rivers and then dropped Phil Rivers today to pick up Jared Goff. So um, when Bowl dropped Goff for Winston, sure must have uh, that must have really piqued his interest because he goes right out and picks up Jared Goff. Um, I wouldn't have liked getting Goff, especially for this matchup against at Seattle on a Thursday night. Yeah, I, I think I don't think I would have been able to start Goff this week. I feel like I could have found a better option. Um, Seattle's just a tough place to play. Thursday nights are usually brutal. Um, I feel like very rarely are they just shootout games, especially yeah. early, especially early in the season. Maybe later in the season when teams just don't give a shit anymore. But I don't know. Thursday games are usually sloppy, so I, I'd, I'd have a tough time struggling to put them in my lap. For for me, it's I would have played Baker at San Fran. Um, I mean, it's not it's not a fantastic matchup, but again, the, the the short week Thursday night, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I will say we just saw Golf throw the ball sixty times a week, and we saw or last week, and we saw what the Rams defense looked like. So maybe you thought it was going to be a little bit of a shootout, similar to what we saw, or maybe a negative game script with Seattle pulling away. But that's the only reason I can think of of why you'd want to play at Seattle Thursday night in the QB position. Yeah, I guess that's there's some validity in that that you could have seen this being a game in which Goff was going to have to you know chuck it fifty times, but I didn't see that game script being uh, how it was going to roll. Well, they just they just gave up fifty five to Winston at home. It's I don't know. It, it's definitely an outcome, right? And and having just seen it and recency bias, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities. That's fair. Cardinals with the W over the Braves, FYI. Seven six final. So happy to hear that. Butler goes back to the well though and adds Mohammed Sanu for two bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean hoping he plays him against me this week. Yeah, I mean, we didn't take a rocket scientist to, to see this one coming. Um, he's just a lifelong hammer member, um, staple in the in the flex or wide receiver two, somewhere in that range for the for the hammer every year. Um, yeah. Pretty standard pickup for him. Yeah. So is that is that Col- is Coleman coming back this week? I didn't see that. I guess he's still questionable. Up in the air. No, I don't even see a designation on him. But that is the. Oh no, no, there it is. For for some reason, the ESPN website doesn't have it. But yeah, this was. 
it looks like it's for depth that he's sitting on the bench, but it's probably likely that he just hasn't had time to input it into the starting lineup. That flex two spot has Sunny written all over it. How do you feel about the Mad Dogs adding Deontay Johnson? I kind of thought that was interesting. Yeah, it certainly looks like uh, Deontay Johnson is going to be the, the favorable receiver, not James Washington as, as what we thought it was going to be, or, or some people thought it was going to be. Um, if, if last uh, Monday night's any indication, looks like Deontay Johnson is going to be the locked-in number two receiver in Pittsburgh, and possibly number one considering Juju doesn't get the ball anymore. I thought Juju was the three. I thought James Conner was the one. Um, Jalen Samuels might have been the two. (laughs) If you run routes behind the line of scrimmage, you are a favorite of Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I don't don't know why they're not taking the wheels (laughs) off of him and just saying, hey, we're one and three. Like, what the hell do we have to lose at this point other than our pride of trading Fitzpatrick for a high first-round draft pick? But what I will say for Mixed Mad Dogs is somebody just renewed their PFF subscription because I saw a stat today that said Deontay Johnson is leading the league in separation per route, meaning defenders not getting close to him per route. And you saw the busted play on Monday night, the busted play at San Francisco. I'm sure that plays into it. But the guy's a good route runner. I don't don't know how – how much that means in this offense, but he, he, he seems to be picking it up well and outperforming James Washington. He's getting more snaps. The one thing I know the Steelers um, beat writers in the off season right before or during training camp said that the Steelers saw a lot of the, I, I hope, I think good qualities that Antonio Brown has like the football ones in Deontay Johnson. So Hopefully not the, the you know the crowd therapy or the call God or the you know that stuff. Hopefully yeah, 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 yeah. He, he he's yeah. a re- he's a really interesting player to watch because he is a classic of analytics versus coaching staff. The Steelers obviously loved him on draft day, drafted him in the third round. The analytics guys absolutely hate Deontay Johnson and in his draft pro- profile coming out of college. Like they said, he should he should have been a sixth or seventh round pick. But the Steelers know how to draft wide receivers, so he's just one to watch long term to see, you know, who who ultimately won that decision. All right, the other news in the league this week that I think we need to talk about. Um, last night, Eddie made Michael Thomas available via trade, asked for some offers. Um, I I don't know. I think he, it sounded like through the group message he was able to get one serious offer. Um, but I don't think he liked that offer. So, um, it would be wild if after a whole season last year of Eddie telling the league he can't get a trade done, there's something wrong with this league, that when he puts maybe the top wide receiver keeper in the league out there on the market and he still can't get a good offer for him. (laughs) Um, I just, like, personally, I – don't know how much of the Saints risk I can absorb while Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback. And I just don't feel like my team's deep enough to go out there and make a two for one that would even entice him to do this. So that's, you know, obviously you got to look at your team and kick the tires when a guy like Michael Thomas becomes available. But I don't know if he's going to get what he wants uh, this early in the season. Yeah, I had a brief discussion with Ed. I mean, in 
got some asking prices, but for what he wants in return, I, I just don't know that my team's good enough to, to take the hit of what he wants. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you can add a guy like Michael Thomas, you're, you're certainly going to see what you can do, but I, I just don't know that my team has the the necessary depth past my starting lineup to to make that two-for-one deal. Yeah, Shane, I was kind of thinking you were one of the teams that, that would be in the mix. Um, to me, if you're not trying to absorb that type of risk, you've got to be sitting at three and one, which only leaves four of the teams in the league to do it. Um, yeah, I thought you would package up like a Mike Evans and another piece and do some kind of a, a win-win there. But that doesn't sound like you're able to get it done. Yeah, I mean – he, that was certainly on the table. It's just we're it's kind of I think we're at a stalemate on what the second piece would be. Um, that's kind of where where things are falling through. Um, I think that the second piece is where there's too much for me to take on. The obvious match to me was sure um, when you talk in terms of depth. He's got five good running backs. Um, not. I don't. I don't think McCoy is tradable as a running back. I'm not a big McCoy fan. I think he's still, even though he's been probably the lead dog the last couple of weeks, I still think that's going to be more of a two and three headed monster there. Um, but you have to wonder if like a Melvin Gordon and DJ Moore offer would get it done or something like that. So um, that was the match for me. But I know I think Sure is preferring to trade McCoy, and I don't think people are interested in that. But I don't know. No, I mean that that offense is peaked. It's it's getting Damian Williams back. I thought the the most logical trade would have been, and I know it's a bad name to say in the league, but I think it would have been Mike Evans and Chris Carson. Um, just getting getting somebody that's an RB one, getting a Mike Evans who has all the upside in the world, and you know what he can be in that offense, especially after what we saw last week. That's too much, though. I think that, well, that's that's kind of what the, that's kind of what the offer was, Phil, and I, I just think it's too much. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, but you can slot Aaron Jones in there as as Chris Carson's backfill, and then you're just worried about finding another flex. Right? I, I, no, you're worried about finding another running back because Miles Sanders isn't an RB two right now. Well, again, that's why when you're three and one, you can absorb some of that risk and say, I think Miles Sanders is going to pan out or I don't think he is. Car- Carson is also a fumble away from losing that job. Right. So that, that, that's why I think there's a fair amount of risk on both sides. Yeah. I mean, Pen- Penny's healthy. He He's back. Carson's fumbled what three times already this season. They're not going to put up with that all year. We'll see. It's definitely uh, definitely going to be something to monitor there. You know, if I would imagine if Eddie is able to win this week, Thomas could still potentially be had. Yeah. If he loses and goes to one and four, I think any Thomas offers come off the table, and he's talking about flipping this thing the other way. Yeah. If, I, if I'm Shane, I'm I'm getting on the horn right now, trying to get um, Rashad Penny, knowing you have a first round pick waiting behind Carson who's one fumble away. And then I'm I'm probably trying to absorb some risk and go for Thomas. There you go, Shane. That's what Phil would do. Take that and with whatever you'd like to do. Hot takes. I'll, I'll also say it it's really early in the year to make a trade too. 
just because you don't know if you're going to be a buyer or I don't know like my team, if I'm going to be a buyer or seller at the deadline, you'll get a lot more trades as we get closer to it. And as the season starts to play out and we see rankings and playoffs pictures come into fruition, but it's, it's still really early for a high profile trade like that. I know Eddie thought it was funny that he starts a group message trying to trade Michael Thomas I jokingly make an offer, including Christian Kirk, for him. And then Micah, in the same group message, asks me about trading for Kirk. So it's like, Eddie throws out all these (laughs) best best wide receiver in the league, and it almost ends up with me getting a trade and him not getting one done. So um, I know Eddie appreciated that. He was not real thrilled. Um, But he's like, I, I, I think his response was, I could be out here offering free BJs and someone would respond <laughs> and say, no, I'm going to pay cause five bucks to give him one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just thought that was funny. Uh, Ed's humor is unique. So. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we get into the week five matchups that you clowns want to talk about? Now let's do it. All right. Bill. No, let's do it. All right, cool. So, week five matchups. We'll start off with Denver Desert Dogs versus Hammer. Uh, we'll start off with the Dogs this week. If I can get over there. Um, what's going on? Who's on my team? Sorry, my iPad's moving slow. Uh, all right, here we go. Mark Ingram at Pitt. What do you guys think? We saw. I, I don't. Nixon did not have a good game last week, correct? No, not really. Okay, that was I guess probably more game script than anything. But um, how do you guys feel about Ingram at Pitt Sunday at one o'clock? Uh, I'm still fine with it. Um, bunch of big weeks. Mixon had 15 for 62 last week, so touches were there. Not a whole lot with the carries, but not terrible. Um, I'm still fine with Ingram this week. Um, I think the Ravens are a little better than the Steelers, so I think they they should be running the ball a decent amount. Um, Obviously, basically he's had two huge games and then two games where he hasn't really done nothing. It's all, all been on the touchdowns, but... I think you can pencil Ingram in for like a twelve point week. Yeah, I, I agree. The Steelers defense is um it's not getting a lot of publicity, but it it's really, really good. And they have the secondary to stack up against the run and that's what they're gonna do against Lamar Jackson and just dare him to throw it. But Ingram's still gonna get touches, he'll probably get into the end zone. I, I, I see a 12-point week as a floor, and he, he's still an awesome play. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere around the 50-some yard range and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that, uh, depending on what these two Rams guys can pull off tonight. So uh, we'll move over to the hammer. Adam Thielen in the Vikings passing game with a great matchup at the New York Giants. A lot has been said this week about Cousins and Thielen and Diggs. Um, 
this should be on paper a great matchup to get this passing game going. Problem is, I'm not sure Mike Zimmer cares, and I think they're also going to be able to run on the Giants. Um, so I could see this being a huge Dalvin Cook game as well. Um, I guess my question is, how concerned would you be if you were a Thielen or Diggs owner? And do you think there's any chance that those two guys can have a big week this week? Well, if they're going to have it, it should probably be this week and next week, right? They got the Giants yeah. and the and the Eagles yeah. um, coming up. Looks like some a good opportunity to get the passing game going. Um, two pretty poor secondaries. So I think that they will probably open up the passing game a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Thielen and Diggs both both back to wide receiver one, wide receiver two status. Yeah, a, a, a lot's been said, um, and I'm playing Diggs this week, but they're going to they're gonna write the game script to try and make Diggs happy, and they have a lot to prove, and they're going to do everything they can to put the ball in the air and, and have Cousins have a big game. So I, I, I think this is a bounce-back week for both of those guys. Cook is still going to get all the touches, but there it's going to be more of a pass script in my opinion, just, just based on everything that's happened, and they're going to try and keep Diggs healthy and keep the trade rumors at bay. I Nobody likes Kirk Cousins in this league more than me. I, I want to preface that. Um, I, I think it's, like, really unfair just the, the way that people are talking about him this week, though. I understand he's he's more of an average quarterback than an $84 million guaranteed quarterback. Like, that, I'm, I'm not – opposed to saying that, but I honestly don't know how you can expect your quarterback to succeed when you literally tell him, like, I just want you to hand the ball off 35 times a game. Like, if he's not getting in any kind of a passing rhythm, I, I don't understand how you can realistically ask him to, to play well. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you gotta, you gotta take some shots and, and let them air it out a little bit. You can't just dink and dunk and and just hand the ball off to Cook and throw little screen passes to him and stuff all game long. You got to do do a little bit of expanding, throwing the ball down the field. And I, I feel like Cousins is capable of doing that. So I'm, I'm a little, I don't want to say shocked because I know Mike, just, I think everyone knows, we know that Mike Zimmer's the tightest probably coach in the league. But I don't know, at some point, if you're going to be a team that wins in the playoffs and goes to Super Bowls and tries to win championships, you're going to have to throw the ball downfield a little bit. So I don't understand why they're not at least opening it up. All right. Who wins? Desert Dogs versus Hammer. Mm, I like to make an argument, but it, it's the Desert Dogs. <laughs> um, I don't love all the matchups this week, but I, I still think the Dogs pull it out. I'll take the dogs as well. No reason not to. Um, all right, let's get into clan versus mad dogs. Mad dogs jumped out to the big lead in this one so far. DK Metcalf with the big touchdown. Uh, it's a big, big one for Eddie who slots him into his lineup. I think at eight fifteen, five minutes before the lineups close. So that's good. But uh, let's stick with clan and mad dogs for now. Right now, the clan has Royce Freeman in his flex one spot. That needs to be DJ Chark, correct? Or would you play Royce Freeman? Ugh. 
I think it should probably be Chark. It's. I, I want to say it's a little closer than you think, though. It probably is, but I. I also have no feel at all for just anything the Broncos are doing. I, I so. guess the shocking thing for me, I guess that's keeping him relevant, is that Freeman seems to be the guy out of the backfield for them. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, I think I felt everyone thought it was going to be the opposite, <laughs> that Freeman's value was going to be getting carries and Lindsay would be the guy out of the backfield. It seems like that would make more sense now. Yeah. But it's kind of not been the case. So, I don't know. Freeman's still relevant in my book, at least – catching four or five balls every week and, and then getting some carries on top of that makes you flex relevant, I guess, in my mind. Yeah. Give me, give me Chark in that flex one spot for sure. I've got Minshew fever. I got the mustache going. I, I think you, you, you ride him until, until he bucks you. Right. So why, why not roll him out again? <laughs> so, so that was, was that a pun that you're talking about a mustache ride with Gardner Minshew? That's right. Okay, cool. I'm also laughing at nobody, nobody turns course better than Phil Bruce. If we, if we go back to, I believe the week two or week three pod that Phil is not a Minshew truther. What, what's what's not to love? He's he's shown so much. No, I'm just I know I'm just I'm just I laughing at the fact that you, you were a couple of weeks ago you were not a Minshew truther, but now now you're all in. I love it. He's a chameleon, man. He always always changing. <laughs> always well, adapting. Typically, typically I, I've got some rules that I live my life by. One of those is if you can't beat out Nick Foles for a starting job, you can't be that good. But he's he's come into it and he's done a great job. So why not ride the hot hand? Yeah, yeah, I I hear you. He, yeah, he, the guy looks like the real deal. Uh, got a chance to watch a little bit of that Denver game last week, and I mean, he he has poise. He, he looks like a tough guy, and he certainly looks like he knows what he's doing back there. He doesn't look scared, that's for sure. So sneaky, elusive too. Yeah, yep. yeah, good stuff from G Minshew. Like that. Um, all right, let's get over to. The client, uh, Shane, I think you are the mad dog. Shane, I think you sold me on it. I would play Freeman over Chark. I think he has it right. Um, curiously, the mad dogs, no wide receivers in their lineup this week. <laughs> um, this has to be, and I'm, I'm just going to go public with it now. I know I real list of Shane. <laughs> this is my biggest pet peeve in fantasy football. Like, why are you leaving your wide receivers blank? You can't get any feel for the ESPN projections. Then, like, you're gonna play wide receivers this week, so just put the guys <laughs> in that are in the that are in the in the driver's seat right now. It's like he's. I don't understand why you need to put them all on the bench. It's like he's literally taking the the injury report seriously, where he has Devonte Adams on the bench right now, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I don't know if this guy's gonna play or not. Uh, so he's he's questionable. So I'm gonna keep him on my bench. Oh, that's sickening. <laughs> There's only two guys in the league to do it, and they have the same last name. <laughs> uh, put your guys in. Put Adams in there. Put Marvin. Well, Marvin Jones on by. So put Deontay Johnson there. You just picked him up and throw Crowder in there. He's playing against Philadelphia. So there you go. You got, you got, your, got your lineup. Um, I think it's just mystery to, to mess with the podcasters. No, it's stupid. Um <laughs> All right. 
Is all right. So Austin Hooper is the most expensive tight end in our FanDuel contest this week. He's also on pace, I think, for 138 catches this year. <laughs> How do we feel about Austin Hooper? I think he stinks, though. He, he doesn't stink, obviously. That, that's well, bad, but he certainly doesn't stink after I watched him just catching every ball last week against me. It was really frustrating. Um, yeah, he's got 28 catches through through four weeks. So, what's your math on that, cost? Seven know, Todd, times sixteen. I wasn't listening to you. Todd just fumbled, but seven times sixteen is one hundred and twelve. So, yeah. yeah, on pace for a pretty pretty productive year. Looks like he's he's got a good rapport with Matty Ice. Um, don't know that other than Julio that there's there's much out there. I mean, Butler obviously disagrees. Muhammad Sanu's still still <laughs> a thing. Um, I think I think he can keep it up. Yeah, why not? In a, in a league of streaming tight ends, um, he, he's obviously got something there with Matt Ryan. Ride the hot I'll, hand. I don't, I don't know if I would say he's the most expensive. I mean, I mean, he is the most expensive. I don't know if his value's there, but he's a great play. Yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons are a bad team. They're going to probably be losing most times. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot, so. Yeah, I just wanted to be clear on that. I don't believe he should be the most expensive. He's right. Just, Absolutely, it is because he's at the top of the list. So you, you can't argue that point with me. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's considered factual. So yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for the Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman matchup in this one. Actually, <laughs> uh, Todd just fumbled. Not good, man. That stinks. All right, who wins? Mad Dogs versus Clan. Right now, the Clan are projected to win by like 25. So. Yeah, even with the 19-point first half from Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, I could I, pick Micah if he was going to play wide receivers, but if he's not going to play them, I'll take the clan. I think I'm going to go with – oof, this is a tough one. But I think I'm going to go with the Mad Dogs and a squeaker, and that's saying something because I think Mahomes has a big week, obviously. Yep, give me the dogs. I'll take the the clan in this one. Man, you know what? I, you, you turned to me, cause it's Sunday night game for Mahomes. <laughs> give me, give me Patty Mahomes for a forty spot and, and the dub. Yeah, you just can't underrate the Mahomes magic there. Yeah. So he'll have Mac going against Mahomes. How much of a lead do you need to feel comfortable with Mac over going against Mahomes? Is it? I think it. Like 30, 30, 35, 35, I think. I was going to say 25. Yeah, 25, 30. That guy is just – he's something else. He's magical. He's pretty good. He had his worst game ever last week, and he scored 19. (laughs) I'll take that every week. All right, we'll go to take your ball and go home against the St. Louis Patriots. Shane, you are – not on the bad side of Papa Cause right now, just because you did not get involved in that conversation last night. But we said we wouldn't talk about it. So, um, do you like Aaron Jones? Like, all right, so you go out and trade for Aaron Jones, one dollar, you know, keeper. 
I think it's safe to say you've probably been slightly disappointed in what you've gotten from Jones so far. Um, even though I think he's been okay. He's an RB1. Yeah. Um, without the big 24-point week. Well, he's got four touchdowns, too, so that obviously helps. But um, So what's the, what's the question? I'm just asking Shane if he feels like he's leaving some stuff on the table with Aaron Jones. No, I think I, I so far I've gotten everything I kind of wanted from him. I mean, obviously the week one performance was bad, but he, he's been he's been a top ten, probably, probably top I don't know the numbers, but top eight since week one. So, I mean, I needed an RB one, a cheap one I got before the draft. I think he's been everything I wanted. Um, so I mean, okay. I, I can't really complain. I'm dying for that kind of production out of my RB1 slot. At I, 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 Chicago, that's a tough matchup for any running back. But he he's solid. He's a, a $1 guy. He's a great keeper option, especially if you have to make some deals at the deadline um, and, and trade some other keepers away. I I, I think you've got to be happy with that production. How do you guys feel about him at Dallas this week, though? Yeah, tough matchup. Not really uh, excited about it, but – I mean, I I do like the fact that they they give him chances in in inside the red zone, and it seems like they're really conservative and want to run the ball. So the touches Jamal are going to be there. Jamal Williams is banged up, isn't he? He took a vicious blow to the head last last week. I guess uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah, his helmet got crunched between two other elements. Yeah, if if Adams can't go, and Williams is. I, I, I don't I think he's questionable. I, I, I still think he's a good play. I mean, it's it's not like there's there's a ton of depth there for you, Shane, but I, I, I'm still happy rolling him out. Um I, I think just like you said, Phil, because Jamal Williams is probably out this week. You gotta be feeling pretty good about Aaron Jones. He should be able to punch one in. Yeah, um, I mean I'm I'm not Thinking no definite RB one, but I'm thinking he's double digits. For, certainly counting on a somewhere north of ten to somewhere around fifteen points. All right, let's move over to the St. Louis Patriots. Tough week for Papa Cause. Carry on Johnson on by. Um, Damian Williams coming back for the Chiefs, so it makes Daryl Williams relatively. Irrelevant. It's got a nice start from Lockett with the touchdown so far. Um, I guess my question for Papa Kaz, you guys, would would you ever feel comfortable doing what he's about to do, starting Sonny Michelle and Rex Burkhead together in the backfield? Well, if there's going to be a week to do it, I would, I would imagine this week's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't really envision a scenario where the Patriots aren't running the ball a lot this week. So if you're going to run the two headed backfield, this is certainly, certainly looks like one to do it. Yeah. They're 14 point favorites. It's the week to do it. And it's good because you'll know what you have with Sonny Michelle this week. And if, if he doesn't perform, I, I, I don't know what to make out of it, but I'd be fine rolling both those guys out. This has like I'm just waiting for the Michelle breakout game. Like there, there's got to be a game coming up soon where he scores three touchdowns. I guess this, like you said, this probably is the week. But 
I think Papakaz is going to need it too. Yeah, I mean, he's got the three-headed monster Patriots going against me against a pretty pretty poor Redskins team. So, got to figure he's getting someone scoring touchdowns for the Patriots, and he's got three of them. So, you got to figure he's going to get at least two touchdowns out of those guys. All right, who wins? Patriots versus T-Bag. Ugh, I'm a little – was a little worried with Lockett and it's already started with a touchdown early after what Tampa Bay did to them last week. I'm a little worried about Julio, but I, I still think that my team's a little better, so I'm going to take myself. Yep, I'll, I'll take the T-Bags. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm getting weird this week. So, this has been, I think, one of the weirder starts of the season that we've seen in the Sons of Fantasy League. Um, so, yeah, certainly not a good start for me so far. So, he's off to a – Papakaz is off to a good start. Yeah. All right. Next game on the docket here. Abusement Park versus Steel Curtain. Park with a 11-point start out of Goff and Disley. Um, interesting, he goes out and picks up Herndon when he's got a stud like Disley on his team. Uh, Kenny Galladay on bye this week for the park. Saw Chubb break out last week with the three-touchdown game. Um, my question, I guess, we kind of – I think we have to talk about Melvin Gordon. Um, what do you guys – what are your realistic expectations for Melvin Gordon here and the Chargers offense as he comes back this week from his holdout? Pretty uh, pretty good, sweet matchup to walk into, huh? After uh, Leonard Fournette ran for about 500 yards on them last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I still think the training wheel's got to be on for the first game for him. So you got to temper your expectations and still, still tough to – I mean, obviously it's the matchup you want. Denver's run defense is shown to be poor. They go ahead and lose Chubb for the year, so defense only getting weaker. Um I still think it's only a, a maybe maybe ten carries. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know because you have a contract situation. I'm sure it's one of those weird situations where Gordon's playing for another contract, and the Chargers are going to want to run him into the ground for everything that he has the rest of the season. It's just a matter of how fast he gets back. And look, he knows the offense. There's not. It's just. How fast is he going to get up to game speed? He's he's definitely a startable asset, especially in a flex spot. I think he's going to get more work than we think this week, and then he'll be an RB1 moving forward. Yeah, it's a tough decision, I think, between Gordon and McCoy for this week, just because McCoy's been kind of humming in that Chiefs offense. But like you said, great matchup for Gordon. I think Anthony Lynn did come out and say last week when he's back, he's going to be our guy. My my biggest concern with Gordon is just from not playing for a couple of weeks and going through training camp is is he an injury concern? But you can't necessarily play out of fear and not run him out there because you're afraid he might get hurt during the game. But um, definitely something to be concerned about, I think. Yeah, I I still think it's McCoy this week. I do, I really yeah. do. Okay. Well, we'll see if he uh, if he makes that switch. I think it's hard to play McCoy though too. If all the 
McCoy and Williams is, and everybody's you know healthy and ready to go for that game. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Uh, I'll move over to the curtain. Ed makes the decision, like I said, around eight ten, eight fifteen, to sit Jarvis Landry. Third DK Metcalf in the lineup, two for forty four and a score for Donkey Kong Metcalf. Um, great move by the curtain to get himself in position to get some points. And if Landry's healthy, he can still slot him in over Meikle in the flex too. Um, saw a big passing game from the Rams last week against Tampa Bay. Michael Thomas, Sunday, 1 o'clock game at Tampa. Should be a great matchup, but as we've seen with Teddy Two Gloves playing quarterback, not really exciting. You guys think this is a big game for Michael Thomas or just more of what we've seen? Um, I think it's a big game for Michael Thomas again. Um, hasn't really shown to be slowed, slowing down all that much now that Teddy Two Gloves is, is the quarterback still. 14 catches for, what, 160 yards, 150 yards in the last two games. I mean, it's still wide receiver one stud status, so I think he's fine. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's let's keep it in perspective. He's been he's been solid this year, right? He's he's been fine. Yeah, he's a wide receiver one. He's ranked number nine with a backup quarterback in there. It, it's there's no reason to think, especially against this defense, that it's going to slow down. I think this is a twenty point week for for Michael Thomas. But um, man, I, I the balls on playing DK Metcalf tonight, incredible. And talk about it working out. What what a call. I don't I don't think I would have been able to pull the trigger on that. But to answer your question, Thomas is gonna have a huge week. I, I love him this week. Yeah, I mean, guy with ten catches in, in four games coming into this one. <laughs> what a pulling call. The, pulling the trigger and what a call. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff out of the curtain. Eddie's like, I'm one and three. Fuck it. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever Marcus Peters is covering you, you have the chance that he's just going to be peeking in the backfield trying to get that interception, and Metcalf ran by him on one. So it's a nice play-action fake by Russ, and, you know, the rest is history. All right, let's move over to – oh, no, who wins this one? We talked about the park. Park versus Curtin, who you guys got? Man, this one could be high-scoring, huh? feel like there's potential for some fireworks here. Um, I think I'm going to go with – I think I'm going to go with the curtain. But I think it's going to be high scoring, both teams. Every week I look at this team and I just cannot get over the amount of great running backs that sure has. Like this is insane. Chubb, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. The fact that LaShawn McCoy is on your bench, even with Damian Williams' status up in the air, and Peterson getting all those touches, it's it's just incredible in a 12-team league to have that kind of running back stable. I, I, I do think this week, though, Eddie pulls it out, and it, it's close and high scoring. You know, 
I think if Goff wasn't the quarterback, I'd take abuse from Park in this one. I think that's the swing right here. Um, there are some really good matchups on the Park side as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you got to love Chubb and David Johnson and Lev Bell. And like we talked about, Gordon Disley's already off to a good game. But you know there's another minus three in that quarterback spot over on the Park side tonight. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to – but you got to look at McDonald and Hardman. That's not good either. Yeah, that's where I'm a little skeptical. I think I'd get Landry in my lineup <clears> if I could. Protocol, though. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he's healthy. I um, hate to do this, but I'm taking the park. All right. Yeah, can't do it, but just think it's the right call. All right, Wolves versus Weevils. Start off with the. Uh, the Sea Wolves and coming off their big sixty-some point effort last week. Um, <laughs> subtle digs. <laughs> <laughs> was was that subtle? No, pretty direct. <laughs> Joe Mixon against Arizona, man. If there was a game that Joe Mixon was actually going to get going, it would be this one, right? That's the question. <laughs> Has to be. Has to be. Um, Arizona defense is just not very good. Um, my God, Jared Goff's terrible. Um, sorry. But, yeah, th- got to figure Mixon's good for a breakout game this week. I think that game's got to be a shootout, I think, both ways. Um, I-, I don't really see it going any other way. Um Got to figure Mixon's getting in the end zone twice this week, so I got him for like 25. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, th- this is as juicy as it gets, and uh, if he doesn't perform, I'll be able to sell him for pennies on the dollar at the trade deadline, so that, that, that that's exciting. But I you got, you got – <laughs> look, the matchups this week are about as good as I can hope for that – doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I, I, I do think this is the week Mixon comes back and, and shows why he was drafted and the value he was. Yeah. I That team is bad. Like, that's a bad football team. Um, They've got some injuries up front, and <clears> I, I, I don't think those guys are coming back. And in the meantime, they're, they're just they're, – they're a shit show. Here's the funny thing, though. They're bad. And I heard this on a podcast this week, and I thought it was great. If the Bears called the Bengals right now and said, we'll give you Trubisky for Dalton, who says no, and are the Bears better? I think the Bears are a lot better, and it's not close. Bengals say no. (laughs) (laughs) Dalton's contract's up this year, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Trubisky is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Wow, that's that's saying something. Dwayne Haskins is downright terrible. Well, I mean, all right. Like prior to all these changes and backup QBs playing, Trubisky, like the the Bears know Trubisky can't play, and you you, you just you can't throw him on the this this injury that happened to him is probably the best thing that, that's going to happen to that team. They can't cut bait that soon after <laughs> drafting him, but he's he can't play. <laughs> well. It could be worse. You could give Jared Goff $36 million a year. So, 
Um, yeah, at least Trubisky's on a rookie deal and can't play. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a big game for OBJ this week, too, at San Francisco. Just wanted to get that out there. Oh, great. Um, Bowl Weevils. And McLaren and Sutton, those are some stud wide receivers right there. Uh, they're both wide receiver twos this season. <laughs> and have both outperformed Juju and Odell considerably with an average of at least five points a week better. Here's one for you, all right? Tyrell Williams is a touchdown in every game this season. He's got to get him in his lineup somewhere, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Can we get this dude in the lineup somewhere? Oh man, that's the question. Where he's got? Where does Tyrell Williams fit on this team? Against Chicago, that's tough. Oh, I guess it's a bad matchup. Yeah, yeah. I didn't look at that. Sorry. Yeah, but he he's the number one option in that offense, isn't he? I mean, I know Waller gets a lot of targets, but isn't Tyrell Williams who they're going to have to throw it to? So here's the concern this week, though, even though, yes, he is the number one target. Um, I'm trying to think how I can say this nicely. Khalil Mack's going to kill somebody um, <laughs> on Sunday in this matchup. So they're going to have to get the ball out quick, and that is not um, that's not going to be Williams. Yeah, I can but. see that happening. I think, guys, I, th- I think we have it here. I think this is a loser-leaves-town matchup. <laughs> yeah, I can see that being the case. Yeah, bull back-to-back weeks and loser-leaves-town matchup. Love it. Well, with that being said, let's pick it. Who's leaving town? Did we even have a question for the Weevils? Yeah, Tyrell Williams. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So ESPN projections: Wolves by point one, huh? I have it tied. I have it tied too. Oh wow! I have one hundred three point nine to one hundred three point eight. Um, I think I'm gonna go with. Oh, I'll take the wolves. Oh God! Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you can take my team with any kind of confidence. If they don't perform this week, I'm not even going to be able to sell these guys because of how bad they're playing this year. If you concerned, told me that, just concerned with Jacobs, yeah. concerned with McLaurin at New England, or at, I guess at home against New England. Just think Zeke has a big game, so you gotta you got to fend that off. But I think this is the week you your team shows up. Yeah, I think it's close. I I, I like my team this week just because of some of the matchups, and I, I do think they have um, they've got the potential to to put 140 up. We'll we'll see if it actually happens or not. Yeah, we'll see. I'll take myself. Oh, Weevil's not close. The, the, the 140 comment. That's it. It's over. It's not close. Weevil's just blow by them this week. It could happen. Oh man! But all right. But look, look at these matchups: the Sean Watson against the Falcons, <laughs> James Conner against the Ravens defense that just gave up like fifty to Chubb, Mixon, Juju. They're probably not going to throw the ball. Beckham. <laughs> like if, if, if there was there was a week, this is the week, right? 
I guess. Yep. Yeah. All right. Marquee matchup of the week. Franchise versus Ice Cream. Battle for first place in the Elway division. Both teams sitting there at 3-1. and one. Franchise coming off their big win last week. Wayne Gallman with two touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> is Larry Fitzgerald a top five wide receiver play this week at Cincinnati? Top ten. Sorry, let's go top ten. Yeah, top five I think was a little stretch yes, for the old sorry. man. Yeah, um, no one loves him as much as me, but top five is a little, <clears throat> a little stretch for me. I just don't think the top five games are are few and far between for him anymore. Um, yeah, but I will say I think yeah he's probably top ten this week. I think like I said shootout. I I gotta feel like it's a shootout. Um, since the defense not very good. What year is it? This is crazy. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, he's wide receiver 14 so far this year. And that was after only having a seven-point outing last week. He, look, that offense, as, as weird as it sounds, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. And I, I, I definitely think he's a top 10 and maybe a top five. Maybe. Nice. Best thing for the franchise this week, Kenyon Drake with the bye next to his name. That's great. Great news. <laughs> That dude stinks. That whole team, that's a, just a bad situation. 3.7, I mean, 7.3, 6.7, 8.8 so far. Trending. I mean, no one has dogged the Fleetwood franchise in the history of this league more than me. But, I mean, like, you got to give this guy prop. Look at this lineup. Wayne Gallman, <laughs> Duke Johnson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and he's 3-1. and one. You don't have to tell me. Sitting there three and one playing for playing for a division lead right now. This is just insane. Just beat me by thirty last week. (laughs) Yeah. Took you to the woodshed. Everybody but Butler would have beat you by thirty last week, (laughs) if not more. So Yeah. All right, let's move over to Spears' team. It's good analytics. Spears with the big ad of Devontae Parker this week. Anyone know what's weird about that? Uh, He's on by. Got to and get that Dolphins receiver. He's on by. It's a long-term week. play, man. <laughs> I didn't even realize it until right now. That's good stuff. That's nice. Hey, um, hey, hey Cos, when you get a chance, you've yeah. got, you've got a trade sitting in your inbox. If you want to take a look at it, I did. I'm not interested. Thanks, though. Oh. Um, all right. Uh, do you guys feel that Christian McCaffrey is the top fantasy running back in football? Um, hard not to think so, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy does it all. <laughs> 27 carries last week and 10 catches. Um, yeah. That's un- almost unheard of. I I. I'd be hard pressed to know that that's if has that ever happened in the NFL. I don't even know. I feel like it, the times that that could have possibly happened has to be like less than five. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this guy's the number thirty-seven touches. Yeah, this guy's the number one option for me. Um, yeah, he's just their whole offense pretty much, so he has to be. 
as long as Cam Newton is on the sideline, McCaffrey is the, the, the best running back week in and week out. When Cam Newton comes back, I, I think it goes to Barkley. I, I, I'll still take McCaffrey. I don't think Barkley's even two. I think it's got to be Zeke, right? <clears throat> That's close. That's close for me. Yeah, I mean, there's a clear top four, McCaffrey, Zeke, Barkley, and Kamara, I think. Um, Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it breaks my heart because Todd was better than all of them. But we're not there anymore. (laughs) All right, who wins wins the, uh, the game of the week, franchise versus ice cream? Give me... That ice cream team is pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to go with ice cream. Even though he's getting the goose egg from Cooks right now. Ice cream. Uh, I'm going to go ice cream, too. I, w- I really want to pick the franchise in this one. Um, Gallman against Minnesota is probably the one that I don't like. That really helps swing things over in the ice cream's favor. Just, I'm just astounded after you asked that McCaffrey question. He's averaging 28 touches a game so far. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, he's his game logs are absurd. Like the dude scored over 100 points this year, and he has one game that he scored only six points. Yeah, like it's just really good stuff by him. All right, anything else for week five in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? Uh, I guess I got to give a two for one since I didn't get to last week. Oh, yeah, I I forgot. Hit on my last two. Hit on the the week before. Didn't get a chance to get one out there last week. Um, I did did, probably would have hit, though. I did like the Buccaneers. And uh, I forget what the other one was, but. Was, I, I can co-sign on the Bucks. You did like that. It was going to be the Bucks and the Browns were going to be my my two for one last week. Um, but this week, let's see some. Looking at the lines, give me. Hmm, give me Atlanta getting five. And. You know, give me Jacksonville getting three and a half. Nice. Jacksonville, Minshew Magic. Who who do they have? Carolina. Carolina. Ooh. Who was your first one again, Shane? Um... Atlanta. Ugh. All right. Uh, San Francisco, they're, are they dogs on Monday? They're giving three and a half to the Browns. Oh, wow. Wow. I think the Colts are a sneaky play. I'll just throw that in I there. agree. They were going to be my second one. I, I passed up. I, I, I chickened out, but I, I like that play. Okay. Very good. Getting 11. All right. You guys excited for week five? 
So Always, I'm, man. I, I guess I'll I'll part with saying I'm I'm surprised you're not even entertaining that offer for Justice Hill. Um, I mean, I do have to think, I do have to think about it. I, I will say I'll think about it. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, if I make that move, it would be nice because I can finally drop Henderson because I really need to just get rid of him. He's a wasted spot on my team. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll think about it. I mean, considering everything that's happened with the Rams, I'm surprised he's not at least in there for catch passing downs. He's just not getting used at all. I mean, Gurley has shown that he he can catch passes now. So, yeah, it just needed you to text me to make fun of his receiving stats, and then he puts up a seven catch game. So that's all. How's he um, doing? How's he doing tonight? He's got two catches tonight too. Two catches. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. My uh, my computer is a little slow on the re- refresh rate. It says he only has three point one through the first half, but that is correct. That is as many points as Joe Mixon's yard per carry this year. So <laughs> I didn't realize that was a fantasy stat. Yeah. All right. Well, Phil's still the worst person in the league, and with that being said, um, we will. Close up week five. It's the end of the first round of division matchups. So we will move into the crossover games next week, culminating after that three week series with the trade deadline. Should be a lot of activity. Um, should be fun. And I don't know if we'll have a podcast next week. I'm going to bring my stuff with me. I'll be out of town next week enjoying Vegas. So, um, you guys have any bets you want me to get in for you? You don't need me to do that anymore because you can bet in Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> what a tease! Um, thank you to Shane and thank you to Phil for joining me. And uh, we will talk to you guys hopefully next week. Um, even if I can't do it, maybe I'll do it when we get back if you guys are available. So, thanks, and we'll uh, talk to you in week six. Enjoy week five. <laughs>